Ende. Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag Your Mind Good evening everyone, welcome back to the Maverick News channel Great to have everybody here if you're watching on Facebook tonight, it's a miracle because we don't have Facebook anymore. Our whole Facebook channel, our page, everything, it's gonzo. Yes, folks, Facebook is history. Under attack, we are. Somebody doesn't like us. So Facebook is gone, permanently, forever, or so they say. Congratulations to those of you who managed to have our Facebook pages deleted. Good job. Didn't use it much anyway. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about tonight, though, that's actually news. Um, Attacks on Crimea. Something on my nose. I apologize. Okay. Hair or something? I don't know what that is. It's, I think I got it. Attacks on Crimea. Missile attacks. We'll touch on that. Uh, Bitcoin price surging to near record levels. RFK Jr. talking about Bitcoin and the Nord Stream pipeline. George Galloway has been elected over in, uh, in Britain. And that is, has been a, something of a shock to the system over there. And that has prompted the Prime Minister of Britain to come out and say that he is concerned about a rise in extremism. And that is because of the election of George Galloway. And uh, Loopy says, let's watch the What Did Rick Walker Learn Today show. Okay, I don't know what that means. 
Um, yeah, so what did I learn today? I learned that, I don't know if I learned anything. I guess I've, I've learned, I've learned that the world is in a bad place right now. And I've learned that people are descending into a place of darkness pretty quickly, a lot of them. I think most of them don't realize that it's happening to them. I'm worried about folks. I really am. And that all ties, and that ties into just about everything we're going to talk about here tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about people. But I'm optimistic. I think that we're, uh, we're going to get through all of these dark days. There is light on the other side of this. We just have to navigate through the darkness. As a society, we've been here before. It's just that right now, I think a lot of people don't recognize what's going on because it's been cloaked in deception. When we come back, we'll try to shed a little light on that darkness so that we can all maybe just start to, to find our way back. Stay with me. The information war is raging. Truth without integrity is worth nothing. Maverick News. Because those who have power and those who seek it must be held accountable. The world is watching. Join our family of truth seekers. Donate today and add your voice to the chorus of Maverick Knights. Donate at maverickdonations.com Truth Integrity. It's the Maverick way. Maverick News. The world is watching. So let's start with these reports that uh, we have here coming in from Crimea. Apparently... Around 3.30, 4.30, Crimea time, the Ukrainian armed forces attempted to attack the Crimean bridge with a combined strike with cruise missiles that included both Storm Shadow and American ADM-160 MALD decoy missiles. So normally when something like this takes place, I'm told that uh, you would see a few hours beforehand uh, um, something like a, an, an American RQ-4 Global Hawk reconnaissance drone. And uh, apparently that's what was seen, I guess. I'm just trying to read these notes that were sent over to me. There was a reconnaissance drone that did take off into the sky over the Black Sea along with a Boeing P-8A Poseidon long-range 
radar reconnaissance aircraft. And then at uh, then there was the first attack in involving those ADM-160 MALD missiles. Now, I guess the idea behind that, again, according to what I'm reading here, the, the idea is to use those to expose air defenses so it'll activate the air defense system so they know where they are, the attackers know. And then after that, the, uh, the storm shadows were used. So the result is that the Russian air defense shot down at least 12 missiles today, no casualties, no destruction. So, fortunately, no loss of life. Now, also, while this was going on, there was complete disruption of cell phone service and GPS. Sevastopol had a major power outage at the same time. Although officials say the power outage was unrelated to the attack, there were people speculating that the power generation or power infrastructure may have been hit and some damage sustained there, but no confirmation of that. And officially, the government is saying, no, that didn't happen. So all we know is that they fired these missiles at the the bridge but no major damage so what does this mean well it really means that the Ukrainians are not giving up it's sending a message at a time when there are celebrations being held in Crimea to mark the uh, the the reclamation or where the, the anniversary of Crimea rejoining Russia. And uh, the battle continues. Ukraine, as I say, still receiving aid from the West, another three, three billion from Canada this past weekend, and more pending from the United States. We'll see if it arrives in time to continue the war. Now, all this also happening against the backdrop of a recording that uh, has been released of what's supposed to be German generals talking about a plan to do exactly that, to launch an attack on the bridge in Crimea. Let me see if I can find that for you. I had it queued up here. I've got another another clip too, but we lost this one. And uh, the, the German government is saying it's it's not true. That the recording is fake. But it is this is getting a lot of A lot of traction in, uh, sorry, I've got something else playing in my head. It's okay. 
it's not that I'm going crazy. I'm not hearing voices in my head. I'm just hearing voices in my head, in my headphones. So yeah, here's the, uh, the audio recording. See if I can get the audio up here for you. It's not playing properly. Well, here, while I get that queued up, I've got this reaction to it. Basically, they're saying that uh, they want to want to launch this attack, but they can't. They can't be seen to be involved. Here we go. Anyway, you can't really understand it here. I'm sorry, folks. I just lost the clip, so I'm just going to remove it. Doesn't really matter. It's all in German, apparently, anyway, and I'm not even sure if it's authentic. But I'm just making the point that it's getting a lot of uh, a lot of play over in Russia, and it's generating a response on the opposite side. This is uh, the ex-head of the CIA, U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert Gates. And he says this, um, the kind of compliments, or I don't know if it's compliments is the right word, but reinforces what the allegations are of the Germans endorsing or talking about being involved in planning an attack on Crimea. And of course, the, the point is, if... U.S. or NATO forces are directly involved in these attacks, and that signals a direct and serious escalation in the battle. Because right now it's essentially a proxy war where only Ukrainian forces and mercenaries, essentially, um, are in there uh, actually fighting the war. So it's one of those technicalities that I think is actually kind of It's just one of those crazy things about war. It's like they've got these rules, but in the end, people still end up dying. Here's the clip of the former U.S. intelligence I think, officer. You know, giving the Ukrainians the ability to attack targets, for example, in Crimea, seems to me uh, to be a no-brainer. It's their territory. If they choose to, if they choose to attack targets, they're attacking targets inside Ukraine not targets inside Russia, no matter what Putin claims. And, you know, I mean, if you want to give the Russians pause, if you want to, if you want to interrupt that sense of momentum that they have, why not be able to do things like drop the Kerch Strait bridge? That would have a big impact on the Russians, I think psychologically as well as militarily. I think, you know, Giving the Ukrainians the ability to attack targets, for example, in Crimea, seems to me uh, to be a no-brainer. 
it's their territory. If they choose to, if they choose to attack targets, they're attacking targets inside Ukraine, not targets inside Russia, no matter what Putin claims. And, you know, I mean, if you want to give the Russians pause, if you want to, if you want to interrupt that sense of momentum that they have, why not be able to do things like drop the Kerch Strait bridge? So we're talking about technicalities there, and it's my understanding that in reality, Ukraine already has the ability to hit that area with missiles anyway. And if this report that we're receiving here tonight here on Maverick News is accurate, and I believe that it is because it's coming from our source over there, um, then that confirms again Ukraine has the ability to uh, to do that already, so they don't really need the these additional missiles, and that's really what um, what they were talking about right there. What he was talking about is giving Ukraine missiles that enable them to strike Crimea. They can actually do it now. Um, okay, let's take a quick break so I can sort of get regrouped and organized here. And smooth this uh, smooth this ride out a little bit. We got a little bit bumpy there for a moment, but I'll be right back after this. checklist here to make sure that we don't miss anything tonight. Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin price. Have you been paying any attention? Bitcoin <clears throat> hit like 60,000 US again this week for the first time in quite a while. Let's just bring up the, uh, the Bitcoin price chart. This will be in Canadian dollars that I'm about to, what I'm going to show you here. Big surge, big surge. $85,078.05 is what one Bitcoin is worth, and that's in Canadian dollars. Now that's today. This is the graph for today, as you can see. I mean, you go back only as far as, uh, well, let's see here. We'll go back a week. Let's see, a week, 69,000 Canadian. Today, 85,000 Canadian. If you had one Bitcoin, you would have jumped from 69, almost 70,000, to 85,000. 
in the space of five days. Over a month, a month ago, 57,000 to 85,000. That's a huge increase, man, really fast. Six months, six months ago, 35,000. Today, 85,000. Over the course of the past year, year to date, 58 grand was the price exactly one year ago, or from rather January 1st to um, March 1st. So one year, one full year, 32,000 a year ago, March 1st of last year to March 1st of this year. It's got, it has jumped from 32,000 to 85,000. That's a pretty good return on your investment if you're just holding. And that's what a lot of people do with Bitcoin anyway. A lot of people don't even use it as a medium of exchange. They just try to buy things, they just buy and hold. So it's really, really bounced back. Let me just... Uh... So what are the reasons for this? I would say global instability, just in general. People looking for new, different places to put their money. So we've seen a surge of capital into new U.S. spot Bitcoin exchange-traded products, and that's fueled this rally that's, uh, well, you've seen just these huge gains. You know, so I, some of this stuff, honestly, it, it doesn't seem to make sense. These big fluctuations, though, a lot of it is uh, always fueled by emotion. People see something happening, and when price start, the price starts to increase, people will jump on the bandwagon, and, and that makes things accelerate even faster. The value of all Bitcoin in circulation now has topped $2 trillion as of this month for the first time in two years. Yeah, so if you hold Bitcoin and you haven't been paying attention, now you know you're richer today than you were a month or especially a year ago. Assuming that you, uh, well, you can convert it, spend it, do whatever you want with it. RFK Jr. talking about Bitcoin. And... Uh, I thought his comments on this, honestly, were just a little bit odd, a bit weird. Let's see if I can find you his clip. He, uh, yeah, so here it is here. RFK Jr. talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> and, uh, and, and talks about how some Governments want to outlaw Bitcoin and explains here why in this CNBC interview. I don't know. Let's listen to it and I'll comment. 
Bitcoin, you, you said you, you spoke at a conference, you bought it, you bought some of it for your kids last year. Uh, you more than doubled your money if you're still holding. Are you still holding? I mean, I'm, let's just have a little fun here to end the segment. Yeah, I am. I, yeah, I am. I'm still holding. My kids are very, very happy about it. Yeah, where, what's Bitcoin's real role? There are members of Congress, both parties, I believe, that think it should be banned. Yeah, I mean, they, they want it banned because they're being paid by BlackRock and Morgan and all the big bank, globalist banker, banking monopolies that are making money on inflation and making money on by the Fed printing money. And it, But American people, the American middle class, is getting rolled and the off ramp from that you know from the the money printing machine is bitcoin uh, because it is hard currency and we need to make it transactionally available to the middle class we need to make sure that people who want to ha protect themselves against inflation can have this but also that they have transactional freedom that the government mm -hmm. is not, you know, able now to, to, to digitalize our currencies and like they did in, in Canada. Yeah. And when the truckers disobeyed, you know, when the truckers protested peacefully, their bank accounts were shut down. Well, you and they couldn't pay their mortgages. They couldn't pay for their children's education. The government could control their speech by controlling their transactional freedom. And, you know, transactional freedom is as important as yeah. freedom of speech. And you only get that from Bitcoin. We're not going to get that, you know, as long Look, as the government controls our, our digitalized currency. I understand the idea that he has. The truth is, though, Bitcoin is digital currency. Even though it is supposed to be anonymous online, for the most part, it isn't. And government can still get their tentacles wrapped around you and your Bitcoin if they want to. In fact, there was Bitcoin involved in the donations to the truckers and in some cases even Bitcoin was confiscated, frozen by the government in response to the trucker protest in Canada. And the idea that Legislators want to outlaw Bitcoin because they're being paid by banks. I'm not sure. I'd need to talk to him about that to understand what he is really getting at there. I know that governments generally are worried about having access to or having some level of control over Bitcoin because they want to make sure they can tax it. They don't like the anonymous nature of the currency because, of course, on the blockchain, transactions are carried out in uh, encrypted ways and it's difficult to track it. But they can compel people to hand over their keys, their digital keys, as they did with the truckers, to gain access. And I'll tell you this, anything online, even encrypted data, anything, pretty much anything, if governments really want to get into it, they have a lot of different tools at their disposal, even if it means knocking on your front door and saying, hey, hand over your digital wallet. So uh, we're here <laughs> and we're not here to help.
We're here to tax you. Well, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that ultimately Bitcoin is going to offer all that much more security or anonymity, maybe on the surface, maybe to some degree, but if the government wants it, they're going to get it. Kind of just, I found it, I found the statement a little bit um, clumsy, maybe is the word. Maybe he wasn't expecting the questions on it. In any event, Bitcoin surging back, hitting, uh, hitting near record levels there this week. So that's where it sits right now. Um, now, the other thing that RFK Jr. said in that CNBC interview also kind of it just it just made it just pushed me back on my heels a bit. I was surprised he said this. He says he just came right out and said that the United States blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Now I've got my views on it, and when that happened, I said the United States probably blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Certainly, it looks like NATO probably did it. But I can't prove it, and it doesn't matter what Cy Hirsch has reported. There is no actual proof of that because I can't swim down to the bottom of, you know, the sea and take a gander. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody really knows except the people who blew it up. Now, I can't understand why Russia would ever blow up their own pipelines. I don't think that's happened. Maybe it was the British. Maybe it was the Germans. I don't know. Maybe it was the Ukrainians using equipment and resources from a NATO country, maybe from the United States. We, I just don't know. But RFK Jr. came right out and said this today in that, in that interview. If, if I'm the economic or environmental minister or the president of Germany right now, and I'm listening to what you're saying, and I've covered this extensively, I've been over there many times, I've talked to them, I've been on the ground, they're freaking out because they need our gas. Yeah, they're freaking out because, uh, because we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline and we deindustrialized Germany. And that's a whole different issue. I mean, what are we doing in Ukraine? Let's make peace over there. Let's get Russian gas back into Europe so that we can reindustrialize Germany, reindustrialize Europe. But let's keep our gas at home and use it for manufacturing and, and re, you know, reindustrialize America. Let's rebuild our industrial base at home. That's the best way to do it with cheap frack gas that we can outcompete the world. You know, Germany, you know, is making a choice to boycott Russian gas. And, well, you know, they're still, they're still and, getting it. And, and Robert, they're, still, they're still getting it via liquefied natural gas. We don't know who blew up the Nord Stream. I know a lot of people suspect the U.S., uh, and that's what you think as well. Yeah, of course. Of course we, hey, we just, oh, of course we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, but listen. <laughs> That's probably why some people don't want him to be the president. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit awkward. If he, if he becomes president and he's said that, it might just be a little bit of a problem for NATO or, or maybe even the United States. I don't know. Uh, it just seems uh, 
even if the United States did blow it up, I'm not sure that it was wise for him to say that. I don't know. There are a lot of things happening with the RFK Jr. campaign that uh, make me scratch my head. Yeah. Now, that might, I, I don't think that particular clip is going to hurt his campaign in any way. Probably will not have much impact one way or the other. Will maybe solidify some support from some people who paid attention to that issue. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some of the, all this stuff, uh, you know, he's become the, The candidate to beat up over the Israel issue, the Israel-Gaza issue, that's for sure. And largely, I would say that's sort of unfair, given that, you know, Biden and Trump both are on the side supporting Israel. At least that's what they say. But they don't have their feet held to the fire on that issue, not in the way that RFK Jr. has. And it just seems everywhere he goes now, everybody wants to talk to him or debate him on the uh, on the Gaza issue. And it's hurt him because the people who make up his base are the ones who've been attacking him most aggressively. He lost a lot of support right at the beginning, um, back in October, after the October 7th attack. And he came out in support of Israel shocking his friends on the left or are they on the right i can't tell anymore because i think we're getting this convergence well i know we're getting this convergence of ideologies fascism communism coming together so we're seeing that even right now over in Britain. George Galloway. Do you guys know who George Galloway is? The uh, live streamer, podcaster, controversial political figure. Some of you probably watch his stuff and think he's pretty cool. You probably, many of you, I bet you, I bet you. If I asked, let me just look in the chat here briefly. Uh, those of you who watch where I've seen George Galloway, how would you describe his political leaning? Would you say he is conservative, left-wing, liberal, social? Never heard of him, Spicy Peach says. Anybody? Anybody? Let me look over here. Mr. Tole says neither. I think maybe that's a response. Neither. I don't know. Anybody? How would how would you describe George Galloway? I'm kind of interested just in the the initial, you know, unfiltered analysis or perception. Sharon says I don't know. Anybody at all? Well. Fat Laba says George is awesome. 
Sandy says, haven't seen George in a while. Iffy. And Spicy Peach. Not really getting a... Uh, he opposed war, Iraq war back in the day. He says, uh, Fat Laba. Yeah, yeah. In fact, this is why he's so controversial. It's because he has, uh, as I recall, in the past come out in support of the Ba'athist party. He is accused, or I think he clearly was, in support of Saddam Hussein. Um, although he sort of denies that, but still supported Saddam's party. And he is described as very left-wing, far-left, maybe, well, I don't know, hard, labor party for sure, socialist for sure. I think he's even further, for, further, I left, right? I think he's like what I would describe as maybe a, a far-right socialist or communist. <laughs> How about that? That'll bake some brains. Why am I saying that? Well, because I, I just really don't believe that much in the left-right scale. And he is one of those people that has come out hard against Israel. And that is causing some real concern over in Britain, where he just won this by-election in Rochdale with a campaign that really focused very, very much, very heavily on the war in Gaza. That was the theme that ran all through this by-election. And then he got up at the podium and uh, re repeated a lot of what, uh, repeated his support for Palestine. And that has blown up some heads, some political heads. People are like kind of freaking out over this, especially people in the more mainstream parties, I guess. He's there representing labor. Here we go. George Galloway with his victory speech. Keir Starmer, this is for Gaza. You have paid and you will pay a high price for the role that you have played in enabling, encouraging, and covering for the catastrophe presently going on in occupied Palestine in the Gaza Strip. Anti-colonialist Is he anti-Semitic? Is he anti-Jew? Well, Rishi Sunak came out shortly after Galloway's victory speech 
and warned the country about a rise in what he says is extremism. He's seeing a rise in anti-Semitism and his speech in response to Galloway's victory was, um, well, it was clearly directed at Galloway and what happened over there. Anyway, here's Rishi Sunak. In recent weeks and months, we have seen a shocking increase in extremist disruption and criminality. What started as protests on our streets has descended into intimidation, threats, and planned acts of violence. Jewish children fearful to wear their school uniform, lest it reveal their identity. Muslim women abused in the street for the actions of a terrorist group they have no connection with. Now our democracy itself is a target. Council meetings and local events have been stormed. MPs do not feel safe in their homes. Long-standing parliamentary conventions have been upended because of safety concerns. And it is beyond alarming that last night, the Rochdale by-election returned a candidate who dismisses the horror of what happened on October the 7th, who glorifies Hezbollah and is endorsed by Nick Griffin, the racist former leader of the BNP. I need to speak to you all this evening because this situation has gone on long enough and demands a response not just from government, but from all of us. Britain is a patriotic, liberal, democratic society with a proud past and a bright future. We're a reasonable country and a decent people. Our story is one of progress, of great achievements and enduring values. Immigrants who have come here have integrated and contributed. They have helped write the latest chapter in our island story. They have done this without being required to give up their identity. You can be a practicing Hindu and a proud Briton as I am, or a devout Muslim and a patriotic citizen as so many are, or a committed Jewish person and the heart of your local community, and all underpinned by the tolerance of our established Christian church. We are a country where we love our neighbors and we are building Britain together. But I fear that our great achievement in building the world's most successful multi-ethnic, multi-faith democracy is being deliberately undermined. There are forces here at home trying to tear us apart. Since October the 7th, there have been those trying to take advantage of the very human angst that we all feel about the terrible suffering that war brings to the innocent, to women and children, to advance a divisive, hateful ideological agenda. On too many occasions recently, our streets have been hijacked by small groups who are hostile to our values and have no respect for our democratic traditions. Membership of our society is contingent on some simple things, that you abide by the rule of law and that change can only come through the peaceful democratic process. Threats of violence and intimidation are alien to our way of doing things. They must be resisted at all times. Nearly everyone in Britain supports these basic values, but there are small and vocal hostile groups 
who do not. Islamist extremists and the far right feed off and embolden each other. They are equally desperate to pretend that their violence is somehow justified when actually these groups are two sides of the same extremist coin. Neither group, except that change in our country can only come through the peaceful democratic process. Both loathe the pluralist modern country we are. Both want to set Britain against Britain to weaponize the evils of anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim hatred for their own ends. The faith of Islam, peacefully practiced by millions of our fellow citizens, is emphatically not the same thing as the extremist political ideology of Islamism, which aims to separate Muslims from the rest of society. Islamist extremists and far-right groups are spreading a poison. That poison is extremism. It aims to drain us of our confidence in ourselves as a people and in our shared future. They want us to doubt ourselves, to doubt each other, to doubt our country's history and achievements. They want us to accept a moral equivalence between Britain and some of the most despicable regimes in the world. They want us to believe that our country and the West more generally is solely responsible for the world's ills and that we, along with our allies, are the problem. In short, they want to destroy our confidence and hope. We must not allow that to happen. When these groups claim that Britain is and has been on the wrong side of history, we should reject it and reject it again. No country is perfect. But I am enormously proud of the good that our country has done. Our place in history is defined by the sacrifices our people have made in the service of their own freedom and that of others. And when these groups tell our children that they cannot and will not succeed because of who they are, when they tell children that the system is rigged against them or that Britain is a racist country, this is not only a lie, but a cynical attempt to crush young dreams and turn impressionistic minds against their own society. I stand here as our country's first non-white prime minister leading the most diverse government in our country's history to tell people of all races, all faiths and all backgrounds it is not the color of your skin, the God you believe in, or where you were born that will determine your success, but just your own hard work and endeavor. And we must be prepared to stand up for our shared values in all circumstances, no matter how difficult. And I respect that the police have a tough job in policing the protests we have seen and that they are operationally independent. But we must draw a line Yes, you can march and protest with passion. You can demand the protection of civilian life. But no, you cannot call for violent jihad. There is no context in which it can be acceptable to beam anti-Semitic tropes onto Big Ben in the middle of a vote on Israel-Gaza. And there can be no cause that you can use to justify the support of a prescribed terrorist group like Hamas. And yes, you can freely criticize the actions of this government or indeed any government. That is a fundamental democratic right. But no, you cannot use that as an excuse to call for the eradication of a state or any kind of hatred or anti-Semitism. 
This week, I've met with senior police officers and made clear it is the public's expectation that they will not merely manage these protests, but police them. And I say this to the police, we will back you when you take action. But if we are asking more of the police, we in government must also back up that call with action. To that end, this month the government will implement a new robust framework for how it deals with this issue to ensure that we are dealing with the root causes of this problem and that no extremist organizations or individuals are being lent legitimacy by their actions and interactions with central government. You cannot be part of our civic life if your agenda is to tear it down. We will redouble our support for the PREVENT program to stop young minds being poisoned by extremism. We will demand that universities stop extremist activity on campus we will also act to prevent people entering this country whose aim is to undermine its values. The Home Secretary has instructed that if those here on visas choose to spew hate or protest or seek to intimidate people, we will remove their right to be here. And our Britain must not be a country in which we descend into polarized camps with some communities living parallel lives it is not enough to live side by side. We must live together, united by shared values and a shared commitment to this country. And I want to speak directly to those who choose to continue to protest. Don't let the extremists hijack your marches. You have a chance in the coming weeks to show that you can protest decently, peacefully, and with empathy for your fellow citizens. Let us prove these extremists wrong and show them that even when we disagree, we will never be disunited from our common values of decency and respect. I love this country. My family and I owe it so much. The time has now come for us all to stand together to combat the forces of division and beat this poison. We must face down the extremists who would tear us apart there must be leadership, not pandering or appeasement. When they tell their lies, we will tell the truth. When they try and sap our confidence, we will redouble our efforts. And when they try and make us doubt each other, we will dig deeper for that extra ounce of compassion and empathy that they want us to believe doesn't exist, but that I know does. If we do that, we can build on our great achievement in creating today's Britain, a country of kind, decent, tolerant people. We can make this a country in which we all feel a renewed sense of pride. This is our home. So let us go forward together, confident in our values and confident in our future. I'll be back right after this. The information war is raging. Truth without integrity is worth nothing. Maverick News. Because those who have power and those who seek it must be held accountable. The world is watching. 
Join our family of truth seekers. Donate today and add your voice to the chorus of Maverick Knights. Donate at maverickdonations.com Truth Integrity It's the Maverick way. Maverick News The world is watching. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom. Here I am. I'm with you. Prime Minister Trudeau says Canada's National Security Intelligence Advisor is going to study the Winnipeg lab incident and will then make recommendations. recommendations that will allow some sort of forward momentum on the file. Trudeau today um, commenting on it and uh, accused Pierre Polyev, leader of the Conservative Party, of conspiracy theories surrounding this Winnipeg Biolab issue. Now, if you have not been tuned in in the last couple of nights to put uh, this into a condensed form, the background on it. Two scientists, a husband and wife, working in 2019, Winnipeg Biolab. They took work from a Chinese firm or maybe a company that had direct links to the Chinese government without disclosing their activities. In addition, they apparently allowed Chinese officials to enter the lab where they had somehow access to computers, records, files, possibly even specimens, and it appears some of that material may have actually been removed from the lab and then taken back to China. So obviously a lot of concern around that. This is a bioweapons lab that is dealing with pathogens, viruses that are being used for or could be used for bioweapons research and development. The government I think trying to kind of downplay it, it's taken two years to get documents tabled, released, pertaining to this, and we received those documents two days ago, outlining what happened with those two scientists who were employees at the biolab. The government really treating this, in my view, more like a human resources issue rather than a national security issue. But if, they're, if the RCMP does dig into this, in a proper way, I think you're going to see 
this really explode as an election issue. Here is Justin Trudeau addressing this today. Our security systems, our, our intelligence and security agencies uh, flagged problems at the Winnipeg Labs uh, that were followed up on. We know as a country that increasingly uh, countries like China and others are trying to either uh, influence uh, or uh, get secrets out of our country. And that's why we have to continue to be extraordinarily vigilant about how we're uh, making sure we're doing everything necessary to keep people safe, to keep our research institutions safe. As a government, we've taken many, many initiatives, and I've uh, tasked our National Security and Intelligence Advisor uh, to look uh, even deeper at this Winnipeg's lab situation and make recommendations on how we can move forward appropriately. Uh, this is uh, something that people would expect governments to take seriously and expect all parliamentarians to take seriously. Unfortunately, throughout this process, we have seen the Conservative Party, specifically Pierre Polyev, choosing to spew conspiracy theories and drum up political attacks, partisan attacks, on an issue that quite frankly should be bringing Canadians and parliamentarians together to try and solve this. The quickness with which they're looking for partisan advantage is not just undermining Canadians' trust in the system, but interfering with the ability of Parliament to deal with this. One of the reasons it has taken so long to get this report into Parliament is because of the choice that Conservatives made to try and extract any amount of political advantage by drumming up uh, a, a level of, of partisanship and toxicity that is not serving Canadians. There's lots of opportunity to have responsible political debates about how we're moving forward as a country and what needs to be fixed, what's being done well, what needs to be done better. Absolutely. That's part of the give and take in our democracy. But the choice to weaponize national security in a way that is rife with conspiracy theories uh, and partisan attacks is a choice that I don't think is worthy of the kind of responsible leadership that Canadians deserve. I will also add that uh, hearing uh, two particular Conservative members, Michael Chong and James Bazan, suddenly uh, being uh, front and centre on issues of security and international impact after having been complete ghosts over the past number of months on anything to do with standing up for Ukraine, for example, or even on the matter of uh, their colleague Leslie Lewis calling for uh, a withdrawal from the United Nations of, the, of, of Canada, um, they won't say a thing. But when it comes to making partisan attacks out of an issue that should uh, be se taken seriously by all part uh, parliamentarians, it's not worthy of an official opposition. There is more to that iceberg than the tip that we're seeing tonight. Those wildfires down in Texas still spreading. As many as 500 homes and structures have now been destroyed. 
The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is saying that number could easily grow. And the one fire, the one in Smokehouse Creek, it's uh, covering an area apparently larger than Rhode Island. And it is now, and as I told you last night, that the biggest in Texas history. These wildfires now cover more than 1 million acres, 1,600 square miles. Only 15% of these fires are contained or under control. That information coming tonight from Texas A&M Forest Service, which is attending to these fires not only in Texas, but also now in Oklahoma, because these fires have now spread into Oklahoma as well. We know that two people have died in these fires. There are three other active wildfires, and the National Weather Service warns that heat and high winds could cause critical fire weather conditions again this coming weekend. So people are praying and I know that in some areas they actually received snow apparently overnight some people almost looking at that as uh, maybe a sign of hope as these fires continue to rage there was also a mansion or like a rather a ranch where there was up for sale I saw a report on that today it's worth an estimated 180 million dollars US and it was destroyed huge huge fires okay that gets us to 7 p.m. let me run this and I will join you again in just one moment <laughs> Exile The Knights of Malta Maverick News Join us. The world is watching. You know, <laughs> Canada is sort of a, I think we're kind of like copycats. Whatever happens in the U.S., we have to do it too. <laughs> so the Canadian government's top scientific advisor has indicated that by early fall of this coming year, of this year, um, there will be a public UFO report. Da, 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 da. <laughs> this, uh, this person's name, Mona Niemer, says that uh, more can and should be done, I guess, to make UFO information available to Canadians. She says that she thinks there is room for improvement in terms of gathering and reporting on that UFO information and making it available to researchers and to the public. As you've seen on the U.S. side, we've seen public officials coming out and talking about this, even news conferences from people involved with NASA, NASA holding 
news conferences when they're in panels of experts and we're seeing like that what's his name david grush come forward and he's supposed to be a whistleblower we've been exposed to all of that information over the past year longer maybe but even after all of that i don't think we're any closer to understanding what is going on up there or maybe down there in the bottom of the ocean or wherever you think these ufos might be flying or being stored i don't think we're any closer to the truth if anything maybe even further away but in canada we're going to get our own report too this year we're a little we're a little behind the curve but we'll have a, a report on ufos <clears throat> no doubt people see unidentified flying objects or unidentified aerial what are uaps unidentified aerial phenomena i guess yeah or anomalous unidentified anomalous or aerial phenomena depends on how you want to uh, to use it I, I'm laughing because I just I think this is going to be another huge waste of time and even money. I don't think this will get us any information that will clear anything up. This will only further add to the confusion, speculation. They say that I, th I, I mean, they're as part of this this week. Public officials in Canada are saying that they, they're doing it in part to curb conspiracy theories. This is not going to curb any of that. This is just going to amplify it all. Yeah, so here's the quote. It says here in this statement on this project, it says it should be noted that the Sky Canada project is not intended to access and collect firsthand data. It goes on and says, furthermore, it is not meant to prove or disprove the existence of extraterrestrial life or extraterrestrial visitors. Of course, we had that whistleblower in the state saying that the aliens are real. But I remain skeptical, for I have not seen actual proof. But maybe we'll know more by this fall. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Uh, you guys want to go to the phones? We can do it. It's uh, all right. I see. It's a little after seven. So let me get the phone number up on the screen for you. You can call in tonight at 1319-527-6770. Let's see how it goes this evening. Hopefully we can get uh, some intelligent conversations going tonight. That would be nice. If you haven't called in before, if you're a new caller, I will put you straight to the top of the queue and take your call first steps. If you're a new person, you know, there's no waiting in line at 1319-527-6770. 
70. Do we even have the, f yeah, there it is there. There's the phone number. Okay, I'm gonna run the promo so you know which number to call. Okay, Mavericks, it's call-in time. Join the conversation. Call now at 1-319-527-6770. That's 1-319-527-6770. Exercise your right to free speech. Call 1-319-527-6770. Call now at 1-319-527-6770. Maverick News. Call now. The world is watching and listening to you. Feel the vibrations. Our quest continues. The truth is out there. Okay, and before we get to the phones, I did have a request to run what was Chapter 1 of the Maverick Knights animated series. A few people hadn't seen it, I guess, so they wanted to see number one. So I'm going to run that for you right now, and I'll leave the phone number up on the screen while this runs so that uh, you can call in at 1-319-527-6770 if you would like to join the conversation. The Rise of Maverick Man, Uncovering Klaus Schwab's Diabolical Plot Subtitle, Journalist Richard Paul Exposes a Global Villain's Evil Plan to Destabilize the World Economy Introduction, in a shocking turn of events, renowned journalist Richard Paul has unearthed a sinister plot orchestrated by Klaus Schwab, a global villain hell-bent on destroying the world economy. With stunning evidence in hand, Paul reveals how Schwab plans to blackmail the leaders of nuclear power nations using sex scandals and threats of terrorist violence. This article delves into the details of Paul's investigation, shedding light on the rise of maverick man, Sir Richard the Super Knight. Unveiling the mastermind, Klaus Schwab, a shadowy figure with immense power and influence, has long operated under the radar, manipulating world events for his personal gain. However, Richard Paul's relentless pursuit of the truth has finally exposed Schwab's malevolent intentions. 
As a respected journalist, Paul's credibility and extensive network have allowed him to gather evidence that unravels Schwab's web of deceit. The diabolical plan, Schwab's plan revolves around leveraging the darkest secrets of world leaders to gain control over their decision-making processes. By orchestrating sex scandals and planting seeds of terrorist violence, Schwab aims to create an atmosphere of fear and chaos, forcing these leaders to comply with his demands. The ultimate goal? To systematically dismantle the world economy, leaving nations vulnerable to his manipulations. Uncovering the evidence, Richard Paul's investigation has unearthed a trove of incriminating evidence against Schwab. Through meticulous research, interviews, and anonymous tips, Paul has pieced together a puzzle that reveals the full extent of Schwab's evil plan. From leaked documents to testimonies from whistleblowers, the evidence paints a chilling picture of a man willing to go to any lengths to achieve his nefarious objectives. The hero emerges. Amidst the chaos, one man stands tall, Sir Richard, also known as Maverick Man Knight in shining armor. Armed with the truth, Paul's alter ego takes on the responsibility of exposing Schwab's plan to the world. Maverick Man's unwavering determination and unwavering commitment to justice become the driving force behind his quest to save the global economy and protect innocent lives. The race against time, with Schwab's plan set in motion, Maverick Man faces a race against time to stop the destruction of the world economy. As he uncovers the true extent of Schwab's influence and connections, Maverick Man must navigate a treacherous landscape filled with danger, deception, and unexpected allies. Can he expose Schwab's evil plot before it's too late? Conclusion Journalist Richard Paul's groundbreaking investigation into Klaus Schwab's diabolical plan has shed light on a global villain's attempt to destroy the world economy. Through his alter ego, Maverick Man, Paul takes on the daunting task of thwarting Schwab's nefarious scheme. As the world holds its breath, the fate of nations hangs in the balance, waiting for the rise of a hero to save the day. Maverick Mann, also known as Sir Richard, knew that he couldn't face Klaus Schwab alone. He needed the support of the Legion of Maverick Super Knights, a group of individuals who shared his passion for freedom and justice. Sir Richard sent out a distress signal to all the Maverick Super Knights, urging them to gather at their secret headquarters. The message spread quickly, and soon the headquarters was filled with knights from all walks of life, each equipped with unique abilities and unwavering determination. As the knights assembled, Sir Richard stood before them, detailing the dire situation at hand. He explained how Klaus Schwab, the global supervillain, sought revenge after his plan to destroy New York was foiled. Schwab's nuclear-powered electric car was just the tip of the iceberg, and the threat he posed to the world was far from over. The knights listened intently, their resolve growing stronger with every word. They knew that their duty was to protect the innocent and uphold the values of freedom and justice. Sir Richard proposed a plan to take down Schwab once and for all, combining their unique abilities and working as a cohesive unit. The Maverick Super Knights began training rigorously, honing their skills and devising strategies to counter Schwab's villainous tactics. Some possessed superhuman strength, others had advanced technological prowess, and a few were skilled in the art of espionage. Together, they formed an unstoppable force, ready to face any challenge that came their way. 
Sir Richard led the charge, rallying the knights and instilling in them the importance of their mission. They knew that they were the last line of defense against Schwab's reign of terror. With unwavering determination, they set out to dismantle Schwab's network, expose his evil plans, and bring him to justice. The battle between the Maverick Super Knights and Klaus Schwab's forces was intense. They faced countless obstacles and dangerous encounters, but their unity and determination never wavered. With each victory, they grew stronger, inching closer to their ultimate goal of stopping Schwab's reign of terror. Finally, the Day of Reckoning arrived. The Maverick Super Knights cornered Schwab in his secret lair, ready to put an end to his villainous schemes. A fierce battle ensued, with powers clashing and determination fueling their every move. In the end, it was Sir Richard who confronted Schwab face to face. With a final, powerful blow, Sir Richard defeated the supervillain, ensuring that justice prevailed and freedom triumphed. The Maverick Super Knights stood victorious, having proven that their unity and unwavering dedication to the cause could overcome even the most formidable foes. Their legacy as defenders of freedom would forever be remembered, and the world would be safer with Schwab's reign of terror brought to an end. Okay. I'm just looking in the chat over on Rumble. Just scrolling down, taking a look. Interesting comments. Very interesting indeed. It's been an interesting week all the way around. Hello, Raising Wolves. My friends. Hello. COVID Warrior, David Doyle, Lindy. Who else is in here tonight? What other friends do I have in the chat? Hey, Dragon. How are you tonight, my friend? And, uh, Raising Wolves says I'm dampening, I'm dampening the, uh, the chat. In what way am I dampening the chat? All I asked for was a little respect to be and common courtesy in there. Um, what else is going on in here? You know, the um, I'm under, well, how can I put this? I'm having people suggest to me that this chat should be shut down completely because of the problems we've had in here. So I'm interested in your comments on it, if any. Um, you know, I've tried to avoid having people banned and I've tried to keep it as open as I possibly can. 
And you know, we've had problems in the chat. It's uh, the whole free speech thing itself has been sort of a topic of discussion here and an interesting one at that. And Raising Wolf says, well, chat is dampened and looks like calling is too now. Yeah, well, some people are calling, have been calling for a boycott of this channel. Or at least a person has, apparently, I'm told. And that's fine if people don't want to watch. <laughs> you don't have to watch. Um, I'm not boycotting anybody anywhere. If you want to go watch something someplace else, go ahead. I'm not telling you what to watch or what to think. I don't know why people would be following somebody who is telling them what to watch. Is that what you guys do? You, uh, you let somebody tell you what you can and can't watch or should watch or do you think for yourselves? Make your own choices? That's what Mavericks do. Hey, Dragon, again. PDS, hello, sir. I don't know if that phone system's working. Here's a, uh, now the calls are coming in, finally. I think it's, I, I was disconnected there for a bit. I had to redial into the system. So it's been a bit of a, I just set it up a little different tonight. Fringy guy MB says, there are freaks everywhere, Rick. Yeah, freaks everywhere like alien freaks in the bottom of the ocean flying around. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you guys really think that UFO report is going to tell us anything? Maybe somebody needs uh, some overtime on their government paycheck. <laughs> I, I just don't think it's going to tell us anything new. I don't know. The Antipop says boycott Disney. Yeah, well, I know some people are calling for that too. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can uh, get the uh, get a phone call up on the on the system here. Okay. Here's our first call. And oh, for crying out loud, hang on. I'm not connected again. So just give me one moment. This system. I what I did is I dialed in too early. See, I tried to do it a little different so that it would um, be connected. Hang on, I'm almost there. I just have to reconnect it so that. Okay, I gotta punch these buttons and that button and two more buttons over there. And that and that. And then, there we go. There we go. Five seconds, here we go. There we go, rock and roll. All right, who do we have on the line tonight? How are you tonight, Isabel? Hang on, let me just get you up on the screen here, okay? I need to put you up on this. 
Here we go. I got to get rid of that and get rid of that. And that should work now. It looks a little different tonight, but now we're ready to go. Okay, go ahead. What do you have? Uh, what's on your mind? I read the chat and like the regulars can pretty well pick out the nutcases that have to come in and make their little feel. Um, the rest of us, I think, enjoy the comments that are made by the normal people. When you say the normal people, do you mean like the regulars who are there, who come like on a regular basis? Or do you mean like the yeah. normal, not crazy people? <laughs> well, the normal, not crazy, and the regulars like Sandy and the rest of us. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the not crazy I, people. I don't know if these people just have like a bad chip when they get up. Mm. You know, I mean. We're all in this together, so yeah. I don't see, like, for me, because I'm on my own, um, like I presume Sandy is, we enjoy being able to see what other people have to say. You take it with a grain of salt. You don't have to jump. If you don't like it, get off. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I'd like, I, I don't, I don't. you know, it's, I uh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, all I've asked for in there is just, uh, that people be respectful of each other, that the language get cleaned up a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 yeah. and the channel has honestly been under attack and I know, I know, you know, who's been doing it. Saying? You know, it's, it is crazy, but, you know, now we don't even have a Facebook page or account. See, and so, and that's a direct result. Again, and okay. this is the thing. <laughs> yep, I, I know I've been in Facebook jail I don't know how many times. Oh, this isn't jail. This is like, <laughs> this, is, this, this is permanent. Okay, like Facebook. For this, totally for Maverick you. News, for me personally, everything permanently gone. And why, why do people feel the need to be like that to somebody who's just trying to bring people together, give them information that we normally wouldn't know where to go find it, they don't want us to find it you got to ask maybe the people who are telling That's you what at. what channels to not watch and uh, ask go ask the people asking people to boycott yeah. this place then maybe you'll find your answers i don't know i mean i see and this is the same thing that the government is doing censoring us mm -hmm. so they want to do the same thing and censor us mm-hmm this and is, yet they yeah. say they're against the government. Right. And that they're, yeah, and that they're for free speech. And then they, they come here and attack me and say that I'm not for free speech. But what they're really doing yeah. is they're taking your speech away because now there's one platform that was attached to this operation that is not available to you guys now. 
and I don't know how or if ever I will yeah. ever be able to reestablish a Facebook account and rebuild it. Uh, but they, it was taken down. It's been under attack for months. And, uh, I mean, I know who's doing it. This is the crazy thing that, mm -hmm. yeah, and this is the crazy thing that gets me is that they don't only block you, they block us from getting you on those other platforms. So right. they're just pushing the whole community away mm -hmm. and not giving us our freedom to use Facebook to get to you. Yeah. And, and yet they yell about Trudeau. It's crazy stuff, right? Like, there are just some people out there that I'm in the news business, so I talk to a lot of people. I have people on here with a wide variety of views. Yeah. I get people across the political spectrum on, but I put this guy on, these people get upset. I put that guy in, those people get upset. They think that if I put that guy on, I'm endorsing that person or whatever. Now, I do draw the line here as well when it comes to certain kinds of speech. You can't incite violence. Some of these things are against but the it, law, it, right? And that's where I start to draw the line. You can't, yes. you, and, and this is not the place, it's not, this isn't a public toilet, right? So you yeah. have to, there's a, a certain degree of common courtesy well, that, that I've just asked for. Yep. And and then I got 90 seconds. I got this crazy stuff. Oh, you know what I did wrong? I know why this whole phone system is messed up. This is going to kick out in 90 seconds because I didn't set the timer properly on it. So oh. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to call dial back in. It's going to cut out in 90 seconds and then I'll have to reestablish um, the call again. But uh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm I won't, I won't be on long, but my, my theory is there's 60 other seconds. if they want to have a potty mouth, if they want to make threats, go to these other places. You got your own Facebook page. Do it on your own Facebook page and see how Facebook likes it. There you go. That's, why do it to somebody else? Yep. I mean, I, I talk how I want to talk. I yeah. don't do it deliberately to anger somebody. I do it more so to sift out and see what side of the fence they're on so I know how far I can go. Yep. Some people will say that's devious, but I don't want to cross the line. I just, I don't want to cross the line. Yeah, and it, I can't. It just yeah, doesn't I, make sense to me if you, if you don't like the platform. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I can't change the laws. I, I can't change the laws and I can't Ten change... Seconds. You know, the Facebook or YouTube rules, everybody has to live with those. So that's, you know, um, imposed yeah. over top of all of this as well. But, uh, yeah, this is going to kick out in 10 seconds. I'm going to reestablish the, uh, the the call. So feel free to call back that's in okay. if, you, if you want to. Um, and we have another call in the queue, and you may need to call back in as well. So I do apologize for this. I just didn't okay. click one of the buttons correctly. Do so not worry about the troublemakers. Yeah. We're all here for you, Rick. Thank you. You know, I just, you uh, nice. yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, we'll continue on the other side as I reestablish connectivity with the phone system again. I will be right back. Bye -bye. Feel the vibrations. 
Thank you Our for using continues. Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. The truth is out there. Okay, I have the uh, phone lines almost reconnected. The show is set up. I just have to connect the system again. I'm really sorry. As I say, this is a new, a new system that is more cost effective, but I need to learn how to drive properly. They, I don't have my license yet, so I'm kind of, uh, and I didn't take driver's ed on this thing. I had to figure it all out on my own. I'm doing my best. But that phone number right there, you can call in right now. I'm clicking the buttons. Almost there. There we go. Now it won't kick out. Yes, we're good, and I just need to get my audio up a bit so I can hear this next caller. And again, I'm really sorry about the uh, the inconvenience of having to dial back in. But there you go. Let's get uh, our first caller up. Our, well, the first new caller. And there we go. Who's on the line tonight? Is it the dragon? Hello, dragon. How are you, sir? Hey, Rick. What's up? How are you tonight? I am excellent, sir. Thank you for calling in. Well, good to hear. Actually, well, one good point. I don't call every night because I would like a lot of people to call in. You know, new people, I will indulge you to call to Rick. You know, you got a little something on your mind. Just prepare yourself a little bit. Go go ahead and get your ideas on the phone. Everyone's listening. The world is watching. So you need to be around, you know. Put yourself out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, second of all, as I say, I like to be prepared when I, when I call. So, you know, before calling in, I like to uh, put myself a little something on paper and, yeah, put my idea on there because, you know, my brain sometimes goes cruel. So I like to, uh, you know, get myself straight. <laughs> I hear you. This is yeah. a good thing. Me too. That's so. why I keep my notepad handy here and I jot things down all the time. Yeah, yeah. journalism is a uh, hard task. You know, it's a hard thing. You need to be like always prepared. Always have a little notepad around to be sure that uh, you align uh, your ideas at the right place because uh, 
it's really easy to get all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else is on your mind? Any comments on tonight's news stories, sir? Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about what was going on in the UK with Sunak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a terrible thing. I don't know if you uh, if you see it, but uh, they are indulging war, basically. So, yeah, mm -hmm. this is another step toward, I would think, uh, uh, a major conflict, which uh, I'm fearing of soon. So, <laughs> yes, it's kind me, of sad. me too. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Well, deep divisions in so, our society yeah. now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's one fear that I think everyone is living in. Well, as a night, well, a point that I make always is that we're living in a uh, second Cold War kind of thing. So I would say that uh, another principle of that coming back from the first one is that we're living in a kind of a state of fear of a major conflict because that was a thing back then. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, it's kind of reminiscence of uh, the past, basically, which is sad. But hey, you know what I say? Keep joking. Keep yourself, you know, looking at stuff, good stuff. If you like, you know, I don't know, cats, stuff like that. Go listen to yourself a few cat uh, video. Always make you, uh, make you, uh, you know, get happy or positive. Because in today's and nowadays, you need to be a uh, on a good note once in a while, you know, leave uh, the bullshit around because, well, it's kind of negative always. We live in a echo chamber, so that echo chamber has uh, to be uh, more open. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So I think this is why probably you, you have people trying to leave, not leave, but keeping probably themselves out of the, of the show sometimes probably that they have an echo chamber that is too much toward the same kind of message. So they are trying maybe to look into other message and see, uh, see other, you know, I don't know, I would say uh, another uh, view of, uh, of the world. I think it's probably one thing. So. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about everything right now, is that there's so much people are being sucked to this to the extremes so much that it's hard to bring people together for anything whether it's an all candidates debate like we had this past week for the riding of Durham in Ontario Canada for that by-election or whether it's uh, in the chat here you get a group of people in the chat they are sort of all of you know they all kind of have a similar political view of things and so that makes it difficult for some other people maybe to feel comfortable or welcome in there because you can't have a bunch of conservatives and then get a bunch of liberals in there and because today there's such deep division between the two sides right um, or conservatives and you know you know mm -hmm. you, you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah and i will say also that uh um, you know, some people like the one that who's leaving maybe got to realize, and for those who's listening, 
you know, this is probably how the government wants to do. I mean, look, there's an old Roman says uh, that goes uh, toward the length that uh, the more we divide, the better we win, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. by divis- div- uh, making division toward a certain type of group, like our groups and the family around, uh, won't help uh, what mm-hmm. we have to build. So uh, that's the thing, you know. We need yeah. to, to, you know, understand each other take the thing with a grain of salt and, uh, you know, keep on going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm just looking in the chat here and some viewer named the world is watching, <laughs> which is one of the taglines that we use for the channel says, who's the liberal? Uh, I, I, and I'm not, not really saying anybody is a liberal. I'm just, it's just me speaking generally. That's my response to that. I used to be a liberal before the liberal that we know today start to do, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a liberal, uh, I would say advocate because, yeah. you know, I'm as a liberal, we're supposed to have liberties. We're supposed to have a certain, um, freedom, uh, uh of action around, but mm-hmm. the liberal of today are not, uh, representing at all that kind of, uh view if you will so and i don't have any uh actually if people ask i don't have any political uh kind of you know path i'm just a guy who's gonna who's gonna vote for whatever looks like the best candidate or probably just cancel my vote because you know if you don't vote remember guys if you don't vote and cancel the vote this vote going to be uh, uh, to go to the liberals, so you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't Make vote, sure you that everything's you, fine. If you don't vote, you can't. You're not allowed to complain, right? So, do you know this That's George? Good. Are you familiar with this George Galloway, who was elected over in the UK? Um, not really, actually. Uh, I've probably heard of him like once or twice, but uh, I probably have to do some research and uh, make myself more aware of this little guy because with what I've seen, it's kind of, uh, it's not looking good. (laughs) Yeah, I've watched him a little bit. I I don't watch him a lot. Uh, But it is interesting, you know, when he comes to politics today, these old labels, they just don't quite do the trick anymore in describing or helping people understand where, where the political ideology is for someone. Uh, you know, because people would say that he is sort of on the left, or maybe even the far left. But a lot of what he stands for, I would say, is on the right. And people, other people are saying he's on the right. So... I'm saying that he's like a far-right communist. <laughs> How about that? Uh, that'll confuse people. <laughs> oh, man. It is a strange, strange world right now. Everything's upside does, down. Does that make him a little bit of a centrist extremist? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A centrist extremist. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Maybe that, that maybe I could pick that one up and wear that one. I'm I'm extremely center. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? I give it to you, sir. You know what? Make, make something out of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We could, we could make a whole political party, a, a movement, the extreme center. <laughs> we stand, we stand for nothing and everything. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Dragon, is there anything else you'd like to, to add? And to, as we wrap up your call here tonight, we're going to move on. If uh, when you're when you're ready here. Um, well, I will move on by saying, guys, stay positive. Always take a thing with a grain of salt and uh, tell you what. Rick is there to make yourself aligned and enlightened. So listen to what he has to say, because he's uh, probably the wisest man and the adult in the room. So <laughs> yeah. on that, have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate the vote of confidence. I'll try to live up to the billing. All right, let's let's move on to the next caller. Take care, Rick. Thanks, Dragon. See ya. Okay, who's on the line now? Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, you're on. Rick? Yeah. Who's this? Oh, it's Tony. Hello. It's Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, just wondering, do you think, um, how are you? I'm fine. I'm good. Hanging in there. I'm just wondering, do you think Trudeau will, will call the election this year? Yeah, I think so. Or will he try? Well, he's importing enough voters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me get my drift with that. Um, yeah, but some people look at it that way. Yeah. Neighbor. Mm -hmm. Talking with neighbors, he says, yeah, you know, when you let in a half a million people in the last quarter of 2023, that's a lot of votes. And you know, that's why I, when I hear people say, oh, what's the point in voting? I go, no, your vote's important. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, if you don't vote, then somebody else's vote will count more. And uh, if you want to get things done, you got to get out and vote make sure you know we get uh Polyev in. i know he's not the answer to all of our problems but he's not the source of all of our problems like a certain prime minister is <laughs> true but uh, uh but what you know and uh, what's going on with uh, this harms bill i mean is that it's another assault on freedom of speech mm -hmm. i'm going you know it, it's pretty pathetic uh, it's such it's so thinly disguised uh, basically, a more curbing of, of freedom of speech, but you know, harms reduction. Oh, that sounds great, but you know, you dig beneath a very thin uh, veneer of it, and it's just another case of of a crackdown on anybody that has a little slightly right of center um, thoughts. And you know, to me, that's uh, they're really going down the path of uh, um, communism. Uh, you know, like the Stalinist communism or, or Maoist uh, communism, which is even worse. But uh, I understand. You know, I, I, just, yeah. I mean, and when are people, I've noticed people are waking up, but not enough of them. There's still a lot of people that are seem to think, oh, uh, the liberals and the Democrats in the U.S. do good for the, 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 the poor people. I'm going... Oh, for God's sakes! No, they 
they are such elitists, and they are so uh, uh, phony. It's it's disgusting. They do not do good for the poor people. They give you. They throw a few crumbs when it counts for votes, and then they forget about you. And if they really, really analyzed it, if they had a functioning brain, they would, they would see this. Um, governments in general have become so large that they're, uh, it's a beast. Um, and to try and reduce government, well, I don't know. It, it, it's it's uh, because the the bureaucracy and you know uh, of government, it's it's uh, it. it, it it's um, too much of a, a controlling. People want government to control and basically uh, uh, provide for them, but there's a price to be paid for them. Yeah, and, and that you pay for it with your, with your freedom yeah. is what you do. But you pay for your freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, when you become too dependent on government, uh you're at their mercy and that you don't want to be in that position because it's happened in the past and uh in in stalin's uh soviet union and miles china uh, tens of millions of people died and i fear we're on the brink of something like that if we're not careful if you follow my line of thought yeah i do you know i think that it's hard for some people to see it but especially on the u.s side I think the government is really controlled by people who run big tech these days. There's a lot of corporate money there. Yeah. Those companies are just by their very nature more globally focused instead of internally focused within the domestic and national affairs of the United States. They are directly connected to the the Democrats. They um there's a symbiotic relationship between the Dems and and these big tech and, you know, just non-industrial big corporations. It's not like manufacturing is at the, the center of the, uh, the economic might of the United States anymore. So it has become, you know, somewhat, and, you know, capitalistic in a, in a cannibalistic way. Um, it's evolved into something that isn't yeah, the, the, entirely productive because it's not really true. It's not like true free market capitalism. It's an aberration of capitalism that we're dealing with. It's not really, you know, it's not free market. It's monopolistic. Um, oligopoly. It's monopolistic an oligopoly of, of It's an oligopoly yeah. controlled by a bunch of uh, capitalistic oligarchs is kind of what I think has happened. Um, but they're not it's an unholy but, uh, alliance between big government and uh, big business. Mm. See, and I think that these people that control things like that, I think they view the United States, the West in general, as sort of being near the end of its life cycle almost. They don't have faith in the people. They don't have faith in the future. And as a result, I think the attitude is sort of just grab what you can while it all burns down. Uh, I see a lot of evidence yeah, of that. Yeah, that's true. And, well, what you were saying about the, the, the uh, monopolistic or oligarchy of big business, 
they have a lot of sway in Washington and Ottawa, mm-hmm. and they they're not a they're not a beneath buying <laughs> these politicians, uh, and uh, you know and. You know, the politicians fill their pockets with gold because, you know, they go in and people think, wow, their salaries sound great, but that's chump change to most of them. And what they're really looking forward to is the big payday at the end of it. You know, the, and, the, the thing uh, that you touched on, though, that I think is actually um, quite true is that what it really is, is it like I'm using the word capitalistic, but it's it's again, it's like a convergence of capitalism with communism. It's it's a very communistic ideology that they're employing here. Yeah. It's um, and so because it's in the U.S. You're seeing this sort of um, that's where where the culture wars are coming into play. It these political ideologies are blending, and people can't really recognize or see what they are because they've they've evolved from what they were, say, back in the 1940s or at the turn of the century. You know, yeah. in 1917, the communism we're seeing today is not exactly the same as what was in place then. Oh, no, there are different strains of these things. It's different. And, yeah. So this is a different thing altogether. Oh, we're, yeah. we're dealing with new, new hybrid political strains it's it's a little actually a more devious form of it actually, and this, the other fact is that you know um, Hitler with fascism he actually courted big business because he knew he needed them, mm-hmm. and uh, that's unknown. And another factor that's not widely publicized is that there was a German delegation that went to Britain just about a year before the war, trying to warn Britain of what Hitler was up to. And basically, nobody listened. Mm-hmm. Churchill knew, but he wasn't in power. He was, you know, at that point in time, not really in politics. He wrote a number of books, but people weren't paying attention. And um, you know, uh, I think, you know, like you said, this is a different hybrid of communism, whereby, um, uh, you know, there's I don't call them elites. I'm calling them the new. Uh, uh, plantation owners, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they uh, they know it's like bread and circuses, you know, the pro sports, and you know, just like people are relatively well fed and you know entertained or and uh, uh, drugged up or drunked up. You know, they they won't know what you know what they don't know won't hurt them. Well, yeah, it will hurt you, but <laughs> that's that's a uh, you know. We've already discussed that, but uh, uh, it's it's to me um, um, uh, people are you know everybody has their own day to day things and you don't realize it's, it's it's a death by a thousand cuts type of thing and slowly but surely the government is whittling away our rights and freedoms and people won't notice until it's actually almost too late most people but you know there's a few of us that are aware of it or hopefully more than a few of us but. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like you're witnessing an accident and it seems like things slow down, happen in slow motion. And it's like what we're seeing and you're trying to show, watch out, but people just aren't seeing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
Do you have hope, faith? Are you optimistic, pessimistic? Um, uh, well, I'm hoping, you know, a little short of an act of God that uh, something <laughs> happens <laughs> to... Uh, I'm a pessimist by nature because I'd rather be uh, a pessimist and mildly surprised than an optimist and bitterly disappointed. So, you know, if you follow my tactic there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. I'm optimistic. I think anyhow, people are I, still going to figure stuff out, you know. Um, I, uh, yeah. you know, we have to. <laughs> we have to. It's just that simple. Well, yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, well, you know, we're at the stage of life where, you know, if, you know, if we were 20 or 30, uh, you know, I'd be even more fearful. But, you know, it took to our stage of life to really see this stuff and to experience. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some young people that are aware of this, but there's a lot that aren't. And, you know, it all goes down to education. And uh, a lot of these educators nowadays are, you know, well, I always joke that they're, they're died in the wool socialists up until at the point it comes to their own salaries, which pay, which case they become diehard capitalists. <laughs> but, uh, there you I go. Can't see the number in that. Yeah, What's that, that? Yeah, and I just I was just laughing along with you. Yeah, you're a socialist until it's, uh, it's your money they want to tax, pay. right? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, then they think. Uh, they get downright nasty. Just look at the teachers. You know, they yeah. oh, for our students, oh, for our education. Oh, we're going to cut your salary. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. We want a raise. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I've talked long enough, Rick. I'll let you get somebody else in. Uh, thanks very much for taking my call. All right. Thank you for calling in. And uh, we are Bye. going to go to the next caller. But before we do, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone because it was just, uh, even though we lost our Facebook account, uh, we we, it was an achievement over on what one, just one of our YouTube channels. We have more than one, but I guess we hit five million views. Five million views wow. on our second, secondary Maverick News Channel. So um, that was a little notation, and it was uh, well, up on the dashboard. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for helping us achieve that. Bye for now, Rick. All right, take care. And we're going to go to our next caller now. Okay, go ahead. Who's on the line? Hello? Hello? Hello, Sir Richard. It's Sandy. Hello, Sandy. That uh, that voice of yours, doing? that voice of yours, it just brings rays of sunshine into uh, into the into the studio here and into my headphones. You just have this beautiful, oh, cheerful voice. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I am cheerful, and I am. I guess I could say optimist. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to be Good. pessimist. No, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to be pessimist. I went out today. I went out just for weather. The sun was out. It was blue sky, and it was very calm. 
And was it? I was amazed, and I'm like, "Go ahead." Was it cold or warm? It was coolish, but not windy. Yeah. It was cool, and I'm like, "Oh, this is nice. What am I going to wear tomorrow?" <laughs> well, the weather here has been absolutely phenomenal. It was a little cooler to a little cool today, but really it was like still beautiful outside. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. We had one day this week that was sort of blustery and stormy, and very cold. But it bounced you're in back London, again. Right? Uh, no, we're down here in Chatham. Yeah, you live yeah. in London. Not far from London. Oh, Chatham. Yeah, Chatham. Yeah. Yeah. Like tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, I, did you, do you know it's going to be like 51, 51 degrees Fahrenheit tomorrow and Sunday, 55, Monday, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. It's going to be like summer. Almost. Isn't that, isn't I that crazy? Mother Nature is going through, <laughs> he's going through something. <laughs> <laughs> Hot flashes. She's got some change upon her. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I know men do it. I know the men the, the men go through different than women do, right? <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> you never know from one day to the next. I don't know. Now I'm just not going to be able to look at the uh, at the day the same as I'm out enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> uh, I went out. It was blue sky today, and I'm like, "There's no cloud in the sky. It's not even gray today." So yeah, unbelievably beautiful. And Isabella, she's a sweetheart. I yeah. I like Isabella. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, me too. What is Sweet lady. You know, I do too. I like Lori. I like all your guests that come on here and they're positive and they're upbeat and they're they're kicking ass. <laughs> well, I'm Sometimes glad you're enjoying it. Some ass. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet Cosmo kicks ass. <laughs> He uh, he tackles me. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna make I think I'm gonna make a video for you guys. He uh, Cosmo, my dog. Yeah. He uh, he tackles me when we walk. Eh? He he gets behind me and then he runs up behind and and jumps on my leg like a kid. You know when they wrap their arms around their, your leg and then they make you drag them. That's what he does to me all the time. I think it's funny. I had a collie dog once. Yeah. When I was very young, and I even know her name, she was a female collie. And do you remember the collie dog that was on the bag, the the on the the bag of dog food, the collie dog? That was my dog. What? And her name was Kathy. Kathy. Like it was that was your actual dog, not a dog that looked like your dog. It was the same. It was the same image, the dog that I had on the bag of dog food. 
And her name was Cappy. Cappy. And we used to call her Cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Big D says Cosmo is trying to dominate me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to dominate me. Yeah, yeah. Cappy, it's, Cappy yeah. she was like, yeah, she was the same way. They, they would, like, yeah. literally dominate. Mm -hmm. They're smart. They're swift. They're funky. They're the energy that comes from them. Yeah. Ray Lex I'm telling is you, I cut a dog all my life. Ray Lex is asking where Lori is these days. She's around. She'll be back uh, tomorrow night, actually, at uh, the end of the news program. Yeah, we're doing a Strange Bedfellows episode, I think, together. So you'll see Lori tomorrow. She's pretty. Yeah. She's very pretty. She's yeah. a pretty girl. I miss my family. I have family. I haven't seen them in a long while. And uh, I was watching the weather this week about Texas. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. Yeah. It is unusual weather what down there, too. Yeah. yeah. What part of Texas was it? In the panhandle. Um Where the wildfires are, you mean? Yeah. What part was Texas at? Well, it's uh, obviously the, the it's the uh, it's the area that obviously borders on Oklahoma because we're seeing the wildfires spread into oh. Oklahoma now as well. So okay, okay. See if I can get a um, yeah. Like I know what we were looking at last night was some of these wildfires were situated. Some of the bigger one ones, um, sort of about twenty twenty five miles, uh, I believe, just outside Amarillo. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. Is it anywhere now. near the desert? Is that near the desert? The desert? I think, well, I know Texas, there's like some parts that look like that are desert, right? Mm. Desert part mm. of Texas, like, you know, where there's like. Well, I wouldn't say Texas is known for its deserts so much. Yeah. You know, I guess they, they have some sort of desert like, areas yeah part? you know but yeah they do um yeah i've been to texas uh, you know a, a few times spent some time down there my is i spent my dry? time around like dallas houston i've been to corpus christi so you know yeah. my my recollection of texas I, is more I like palm dallas. trees and the beach at corpus christi right but i know me that's too. that's and, hardly and the and desert but, right <laughs> But uh, yeah, they. We're a, I like right? I like Texas. I like Texas a lot. It's wide open spaces. I do too. Yeah. Yeah, and they have like don't they have like where there's like mountains, kind of rocky mountains, kind of there and. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah, they do. Is it almost like, yeah, like 
you're going through a Rocky Mountain kind of thing, and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, there are some. There's some yeah. mountains around. But I mean, you know? like. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name where it is, and I, I can't think of it right now. I'm, I'm like Isabella sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, to me, Texas. When I when I think of Texas, when I think of Texas, I think of like wide open spaces. You know, the plains, grassy areas, cattle, um, ranches. You know, yeah, yeah. That's what I think of. And then yeah. when you get down into into uh, the area of Corpus Christi, of course, you, you're in you're into where it feels almost like a tropical kind of an area because you see palm trees and you've got the beach, mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit different down mm-hmm. there. But they even had snow So today. I can imagine they actually got snow today. In some places, I guess they got some snow. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't think kid you, know you what? about That's a thing like nature. that. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I believe you, my friend. When you speak, you speak fluently. But you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I was like... When I heard about it, like, they had snow this week, and it's like, what? They're just going through fires. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's doing what? It's. I missed what you said. They just went through, like, fires, and you were saying that it's snow now? They had snow? Yeah, but apparently it snowed overnight in some areas. I'm sure it's probably melted by now. Um that I saw some pictures, yeah, some video. Maybe they should call Texas and New Canada. <laughs> uh, I don't think they got nearly as much snow as we get up here. Although this year, uh, hardly. We we've been very lucky this year. We didn't get what? Did you see Nova Scotia a while ago when they had 108 centimeters? Sorry, where did that? I was try, I was looking up the snow That's here. Crazy. Uh, Nova Scotia. It was back like before Christmas, I think, and they had like 108 centimeters of snow. Yeah. That was crazy. That's like Nova Scotia. Yeah, so... It's beautiful up there. It's like New Brunswick. Yeah, so here's... uh, I have an NBC... An NBC News report. I won't run the whole video, but you can, I'll just bring the shot up for you guys to see what the <laughs> snow in Texas looked like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. How much did they get? Yeah, well, for us, it would be considered like a dusting. But it's enough to to give, uh, give yeah. you some on the ground. So, yeah, there you go. That's what it looks like. See? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So here, that would be like... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not much. Not much, but enough to freak out people in Texas. <laughs> they don't get a lot of snow I down know, there. I know, and they're, right? they're, like, they're like, oh my gosh, we're going to see penguins in Texas next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get out the snowshoes. Penguins and polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> that really concerns me. Because, like, that's, I know that's Mother Nature, right? Like I said before, it's like, it's like, Mother Nature, and she doesn't know one day from the next anymore. Yes, well, <laughs> it's not It's not like it never happens down there. It does. 
sometimes. Yeah, but, but at with, least we still have her. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but combine that with the wildfires and things start to look pretty, pretty strange in the larger picture, right? It is weird in an unusual little climate um, thing happening down there right now. So what do you think? What do you, okay for my for my ending question? I will say, what do you think that is coming from Texas? What do you think it is? What do I think? What is the weather? What do you, well? What do you think about Texas with the fires and that? Where do you think it's coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I think we have to wait. We have, we have to wait and, and see what what they come back with. I know they're looking into it, and I know that there's a lot of speculation out there, but I, I don't know. That's my answer. I just hope it's not what I think it is. Uh, yeah, and my answer in retrospect, I just hope it's not what I think it is from the Alberta fires. Hmm. Because I remember when the Alberta fires were happening, mm -hmm. and it actually came out—I'm not going to say woke. I'm not going to say anything. But from what I found out, it really—it was—it was bothering. It was bothering because. I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Okay. Maybe it wasn't mother nature. Maybe okay. it was a human, maybe it was a human that was abusing the environment, right? Well, we know that that absolutely was the case in, in a number of the fires that they were set. We know that for sure. And I showed you the I one, the one guy, a lot of, a lot, yeah, a lot of, there was the guy charged with setting, I believe it was 16 yes. of those fires. And I showed you the information mm -hmm. on him. He went to court. He's, you know, he was facing charges. I believe he was convicted. Do you know his name? Um... I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, okay. Because I'm going to tell you a story here where I live. Brian Pare, P-A-R-E, 38 years of age, okay. uh, entered a plea of guilty to lighting 14 fires in the Chibugamau area that was in Quebec last year okay and uh of course last year was the worst wildfire season in canadian history i think that something yeah, something never, like right? 45 million acres burned but uh you know people have yeah. all different ideas and um a lot of people have speculated on what it might be but in that particular case there it is mm -hmm. that guy said admitted to setting 14 of them i said 16 it was actually 14 at least that he was responsible for alone so you kind of yeah so you kind of see a pattern right if, if it's done before then you see a pattern right 
Yeah, well, if you go back and you look at the stats, you can go back and find stats on these wildfires over the years, and they do investigate them. As you look mm-hmm. at them, you will see mm-hmm. that I think it's somewhere between 35 and 45% are started by humans, either intentionally or through humans. or through accidental mm-hmm. means like careless smoking. Uh, campfires that aren't put out properly, yeah. uh, heat from the exhausts on cars, those kinds of things can start wildfires. Mm-hmm. So almost maybe 40, 40, and you know what 40, 40 to 45 percent. Yeah. I see them do this here where I live. They have campfires outside their home. You mm-hmm. can't do that here. No. It's a law. Yeah. And if you're caught, you are hefted heavily. Yeah. Very heavily. Mm -hmm. So where I live, we had a dude here, and I kid you not, I investigated, I kept it up, I kept it going. I went to the landlord, I went to property. We had a dude here that tried to set the, the... property on fire like he's gone now he's done well that's good it was a tenant we had a tenant here and he's gone he's done i was coming home and i was scared to death because i'm like what is going on what is that and i'm like okay well i'm speaking up now so like i said something They look at me now like I'm a hero. And that's a good thing. Yeah, sure. Because there are so many disturbing people out, and you said it earlier, you have said it before, crazy. There's some disturbing people out there that need to be evaluated. They need to be looked at. They need to be accountable for for whatever it is the hell they're doing. Really. I have peace now. Good. So, Sandy, it's uh, just getting to that time of night. I'm going to throw it over to you for your final thoughts to, to wrap up for us. You know, just my final thoughts. Be safe. Be safe in your environment. Be safe where you live. Be safe wherever it is what it is you're doing and who you're with love your loved ones and just be safe there you go that's all i ask okay that's all i i peace i'm for peace i know these are challenging times they're challenging thank you sir rick thank you sandy we'll talk to you again soon you're awesome. You are too. All right. Thank you. Good Talk night. to you later. Good night. Bye. And that wraps us up for the evening, folks. You can support the channel at freedomreporters.com. Or you can also support the channel at maverickdonations.com. 
And please like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Rumble is where it's at. Please, please, please consider subscribing on both of our Rumble channels. And if you're over on YouTube, subscribe, like over there as well. Um, we're over on other platforms as well. Twitch, Twitter, X, CloudHub, YouTube, on. Uh, we have some, some content up over on TikTok and we'll continue to, uh, evolve here. I think, I think we're going to make some changes or start doing a few different things here too, to kind of mix it up a bit, but more on that in the nights ahead. And you are Maverick Knights. Thank you very much, everybody, for spending the time here with me tonight. I will be back tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And then after the program tomorrow night at 9 p.m., Lori will be here with a new episode of Strange Bedfellows. And I will be joining her on that program. So there's something to look forward to. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, though, for the regular Maverick News program tomorrow. Catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.